You know you are listening to Point of Pressure. We are here to go crazy and have fun American time. So whip out your you-know-whats and let's stimulate peepees not with toothpicks. Hey everybody, it's D. I'm AJ. And uh, we're back at it again. Episode five. Five, yes. I'm sure as you noticed from our intro, uh, things are going to get a little bit foreign today. A little bit overseas. Ethnic. A little, a little communist, mind you. Uh, AJ has got some serious business to go over. Hit me with it. Loyalty to the party, loyalty to motherland. Put on your tinfoil hats, because there's some fucked up communist shit here today. So, let me start off by just saying, what do you know about the KGB? Oh, uh, by the way, it's a pleasure to have you back on the show. Uh, thank you so much for joining us, AJ. Uh, <laughs> so, what do I know about the KGB? Uh, I wouldn't say that I know very much. Just that they are essentially, they're like the secret service of the Russia, if uh, if I'm wrong, correct me. The Soviet Union. Oh, of the Soviet Union. Okay. Uh, so like the CIA of the Soviet Union, not not Mother Russia. Um, and as far as I've seen, they're more open about killing people that cross <laughs> them, uh, whereas the CIA is obviously quite secretive and i mean they're part of the u.s government so they're secretive uh yeah but yeah i mean that's the extent that i know it's just they're basically secret spies uh they sent communist secret agents over to america during the 50s bunch of goddamn commies goddamn commies uh the red scare sent them over and then that's like pretty much all the extent i know that they don't like hiv so <laughs> definitely there's that that is true so they are yeah you're pretty much right they're a a security agency for soviet russia their name that i cannot even try to pronounce in russian so i'll just refer to them as kgb translated it's the committee for state security oh okay so you know not bad it's the main security agent for the soviet union between 1954 and 1991 okay they so the cold war correct? yeah exactly throughout the cold war they did everything espionage counter espionage disinformation just regular information the spreading of communism whole bunch of crazy shit so my question is is it likely that the kgb is still running under the table today and i don't know if this is something you're going to be going over if it is just tell me to shut the fuck up so i was going to get into that in a couple of minutes they are still there so they're not still around as the kgb yeah KGB, after the USSR fell, they dissolved into two different services that are still in place today. Don't remember what they're called, and I didn't put that down, but they're still around, but it's like, it's as if the US fell and then the CIA became two different agencies. They just, but that, that's pretty much it. Like, the people who are in the KGB split into these different groups when the Soviet Union fell. So they're they're around, but they're a little bit different. They're not as old school as they were oh okay so they yeah their main functions as i was saying was foreign intelligence counterintelligence operative dash investigatory investigatory activities of course gaining intelligence and operations in the field uh like espionage uh and then one of their other duties was gardening guarding not gardening (laughs) was gardening it was gardening kgb phenomenal carrots they they knew how to make the best best poppies The best turnips. The, the best potatoes. <laughs> Bro-tatoes. <laughs> Bro-tatoes for vodka. So it was guarding the state border of the USSR. They were border control as well, which is awful because these guys were ruthless. You know, they weren't afraid to just torture somebody. They weren't held by any kind of rules in as far as, you know, like the FBI or the CIA are supposed to be held to rules <laughs> allegedly uh, yeah sometimes you know certain things happen off the books but with the kgb it was all off the books they didn't care as long as they were protecting communism okay 
essentially. You know, that's very that's boiling it down to a very simple point. It's a lot more in depth than that. Uh, another other roles was guarding the leadership of the Central Committee of the Communist Party and of the Soviet government, organizing and ensuring government communications, as well as combating nationalism, dissent, and anti-Soviet activities. In a nutshell. So, as I said, you know, after the USSR fell, it dissolved into two different services that are still in use. They specifically would use legal and illegal spies. So legal spies would be like a diplomat working in an embassy in another country. Then they would be gathering intelligence or spreading intelligence to their agents in the field, uh, being handlers, things like that. Then if they got caught, they would use diplomatic immunity to basically be safe, not get captured. And then the worst that could happen is they would be exiled from the country. Most that would happen is... They just don't leave the embassy for a couple of months. Yeah. Like, not a huge deal. Then they would also use, you know, illegal spies, which would be like the residents of the countries who were working for the Soviet government. And that's okay. the more, like, general type of spy. It was either recruited from the citizens or they would send people in and create legends of these people. And it's basically like a like an FBI cover story. Or CIA cover oh, story. Okay. They would they would illegally get into the country, kind of thing. Like yes, yeah, they through, would steal through a phony ID. Exactly, they would okay. steal people's identities who have passed on, or they would say, find somebody who wanted to help the government, get them out of that country, then replace them with an agent who maybe looks a little bit like them, or things like that, and then he would basically take their place at their home. After they're out of the country. Oh, okay. So it was kind of a kind of stolen identity is along along those lines. Yeah. Okay. Stolen identity with the consent of the person, <laughs> which is pretty rare. So they worked worldwide. They would crush rebellions. They would cause coups. They would spread communism, and then they would also keep their own civilians in line if people were trying to raise awareness or try to basically protest the government in any way the KGB would come in and shut it down put them in forced labor camps kill them kidnap them like who knows it's all off the books a lot of the records were destroyed after the Soviet Union fell the records that are still there are hard to get to and in Russian so doesn't help me at all win-win yeah exactly they also had a program similar to uh, Operation Paperclip or Project Paperclip that the US did uh, during after World War, during and after World War II, the U.S. would specifically seek out German scientists and agents and people who would know certain secret information, and then basically say, "We won't commit you, we won't uh, charge you for war crimes, but you have to come work for us now." Oh, okay. So the Russians were doing the same thing, specifically with the KGB agents. And a lot of times these Nazi spies and Nazi scientists were used to infiltrate West Germany during the, you know, the times with the Berlin Wall and things okay. like that. Because East Germany was on their side, correct? Yeah. East Germany was uh, Soviet-controlled. Okay. And they, you know, of course would say, hey, you know, we were working on this Nazi secret weapon, never really came of it, but, you know, let's talk to the, we'll give you that information, <laughs> just don't put me in a gulag. So they were so effective at their job that they actually had two moles in place, both in the CIA and the FBI, specifically in the counterintelligence section. What the fuck? <laughs> Meaning that they had they had moles in a place that was supposed to catch moles. <laughs> they oh would my God. they specifically would hamper the te- detection of spies like if there was an agent getting close, these people were in high they, enough positions they that they would push them away. Or if they did catch people, they would protect the Soviet assets. They would you know, just, steal information. Just in the interviews, they're like, no, 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 uh, don't worry about this guy. He he totally doesn't know anything. Yeah. Good Lord. Cover for him. And That's the, good. Soviet the, Russia was fucking genius. Were, I'm going to be honest. They were fucking brutal. They were only revealed because someone from the KGB defected. His name was James Angleton, and he he basically defected and said, hey- I'm a KGB agent. You have two moles in these offices. Oh, wow. And he, I believe he had told the FBI this first and said, hey, come on, there are these people here. Didn't believe him. He went to the CIA and it was only because <laughs> there was a 
like a, a pretty fresh recruit in there who was like, ah, I'll stake my reputation on this. Let's let's listen. Let's hear him out that he finally was like proven right. But it was after oh, wow. he was already fired. Ah, oh, shit. Yeah. Did he get his job back? No, no, definitely oh, not. He was man. he was Russian. Oh, okay. he's communist. OK. Uh, they also tried to buy a couple of banks in California specifically because these banks were lending money out to secret like high tech projects. Huh. And then that would put basically have a position higher in the bank for uh, people working in the industry, the the high technology, oh, the secret okay. technology industry, higher up in the bank. So if they could buy the banks, they, would have they the could info. then have some of that info. Okay. Uh, they, they eventually did get caught on that one before it was put in. That was just a kind of random one that I thought was interesting because they didn't really try that as far as we know after that. And, you know, plenty of assassinations they, for political and economic reasons. They invented... My favorite spy <laughs> gadget ever called the Umbrella Gun. Oh, money. A lot of people, it's been on TV. It's in some cool <laughs> magazines and, or uh, museums as well. And <laughs> so so let did me, it, let me tell you the story. Did it deflect bullets? It was bullets. Oh, I wish. It was, it's real. Uh, yeah. Anything that happens in the Kingsman it, is, re- is it's real. real life, honestly. That is real life. Trust me. So. I know. Yeah, you know. I'm not in the KGB. I have I'm on the inside. Our lawyers wanted us to emphasize that we are uh, not a part of the KGB. So if the KGB is listening, we aren't a part of you. My Just... lawyer didn't have a comment. I'm not a mole. So Georgie Markov, I'm sure I'm saying that wrong. He was a radio broadcaster in Bulgaria. Bulgaria was Soviet controlled at this point, I believe. And he basically defected and started a radio broadcasting for the allies, essentially, for the other side of the Cold War. And he would, he was really good at it. He would kind kind of talk crap on communism. He was really good for propaganda. Then his wife passed away, Oof. unrelated to the KGB, allegedly. Allegedly, but he <laughs> got pissed and no longer had anything to live for. Oh. So he started directly like calling out communist leaders and inner people in the inner circles, and talking shit on them and smearing them, and just like, it was a, it was a huge shit show for. The Soviets. That's some giant Soviet balls right there. Yeah. So he he was walking under a bridge one night, and there was another guy kind of walking uh, towards him from the other troll. side of the bridge. Was it a troll? No, I wish. It was I a troll that owned the bridge. I know it, it was. Yeah, no, he was up top. Okay. So they were walking, and as they walked past, the guy walking in front of him dropped his umbrella, and it hit the guy in the leg and said, oh, I'm sorry, and picked it up, walked away. Georgie died. Like 45 minutes later. Oh, fuck. So what had happened is he didn't drop the umbrella. He pointed it, pulled a trigger, and then dropped it, so it never hit his leg. The feeling of it bumping his leg a little bit was a pellet that was in the umbrella that was full of ricin. Oh, no. So it went right into his leg. He never even knew that he had been shot. He never knew he was assassinated and he was dead within the hour. Oh, my God, dude. So that one was... That's the only known assassination of the umbrella gun <laughs> but it worked i mean yeah, it was the first say. time why not do it again good lord so they would not hesitate to go into foreign land and just assassinate people it was fine you know they could do whatever they want <laughs> so they worked you know first and foremost in politics and then in the economy if they could screw over other people you know enemies economies that's great if they could control other smaller countries even to improve better. their own economy? Hey, that's great. They would do. They would work a lot with the military and with the strategy of working through the Cold War and stealing spies. Then they also worked in disinformation. And that's... Ooh. They were... Fake news? Are you about to fake this, news the this fuck out of me? This is the best fake news I've ever heard. Are you about to corkboard me right now? Yeah, you know it. Corkboard. Get the yarn. Thumbtacks, red yarn, and newspaper Newspaper articles, articles and... Get badly ready. drawn profiles of people and so, a lot of big red marker circles oh definitely <laughs> so before we move on to that there's one other little note on the kgb that i just thought was wonderful they attempted to coup the ussr during the collapse but they failed and a lot of the main subjects in the coup were arrested and oh. sent to gulag oh so they even tried to coup their own that's like the cia Jesus. trying to take over the u.s government trying to coup the u.s government 
Like, that's insane. But that's how ballsy they were. Oh, my God. That's dedication. <laughs> yeah. Dedication to the craft. <laughs> to the craft. It was probably because they knew that they were all going to get caught fucking torturing people for no reason. Well, on top of that, I feel like at that point, with how much control the Soviet Union had, if they didn't try some sort of overthrow, Soviet Union would have just caused their ultimate collapse, right? Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. I would think so. So, this the next little section, just to give a little bit more background on the Soviet Union itself, is kind of a, a very brief history of how homosexuality was perceived in Russia. Before, very positively. Very positive. Actually, terribly you positively. Would, you'd be surprised. Before Stalin, so Stalin was around, you know, around uh, 1933. Well, that's when this first, my first little point occurred. But before Stalin took the first power, thumbtack is what we're going to refer to these. Yes. As. Uh, before Stalin, he, not he, Russia, kind of off and on was totally cool with gay people. Like it, it was fine. Sometimes, like, from as far as history goes back to Stalin, it was off and on. Like, there would be a couple hundred years where it's like, we don't give a shit. There would be a couple years where it's like, ah, no, that's horrible. A couple years where, ah, whatever. It, it was almost encouraged during certain time periods. Now, was that just under Stalin, or it, was, was it one of those things Stalin. where it changed every leader? It, it would change every couple hundred years, usually. Oh, okay. Until we get closer and closer to the modern era, then as the as we get closer and closer to World War II, it would flip flop based on the leaders. Essentially. Oh, okay, I see. So Stalin takes power. World War II is happening, and one of the very one of the things that Stalin does early on in his reign of power is that he completely recriminalizes sex between men. Doesn't say a single thing about women. He does not... I'm pretty sure he didn't even think lesbianism was real. Uh, that's because two females have no way of penetrating one another. Oh, apparently. so therefore not sex. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, according to Soviet Russia. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus so, Christ. Between the 17th century and 1933 is when it was kind of flip-flopping. But yeah. Uh, if you were caught and prosecuted of male-to-male sexual contact, you would get five years hard labor in a prison. Jesus but if you were caught as a female having sex with a female, there was nothing. You were considered fun at parties. Yeah, you you were considered popular. <laughs> so they You were considered ahead of her time. <laughs> yes. Definitely. So under this rule, as long as this rule went on, between eight hundred and thousand people on average were imprisoned a year. Good okay, lord. A pretty damn decent amount. They also used homosexuality in propaganda a lot. They would depict homosexuality as a sign of fascism. What the fuck? They would say, oh, you're gay? You must like Hitler. Forward thinking is fascism. <laughs> God. And they specifically used this. They like doubled down on this type of propaganda after Germany uh, broke the treaty with Russia, after it invaded uh, Poland. Basically, Russia allowed Germany to take over Poland because Russia would get certain amounts of land from it and they had this treaty going on and then as soon as Russia or Germany broke that treaty they would do this propaganda it gets fucking worse by the way this is this is this is not the worst stuff yet well i've heard currently they have some like pretty locked down ideas on it's it. still pretty fucked up but it is a lot better nowadays yeah. there are there were even recently groups marches and protests for gay rights, and they weren't just immediately killed by the KGB. I mean, the other two. Uh, yeah, groups, by the by the not the KGB. not KGB. So this law, though Stalin's law that he put in place, was in place until 1993. What the fuck? So it was around for what 60 years? 60 years. Jesus. Up to a thousand people a year per year. Per year. Oh my god. So that's a shitload of people. I know Russia's huge, but. Yeah, there's a lot of people. <laughs> we gotta free up space. Yeah. Oh, do you now? We, we need more food. God. We need more potatoes. Yeah, more vodka. Put those put those prison workers on the fields, potato fields. <laughs> so during and after Stalin, 
homosexuality was pretty much just compared to pedophilia and child molestation. Like, it was in really? the same level of atrocious. Oh, like the same uh, sexual... Yeah, as a deviancy. Kind of, yeah, deviancy. Was, yeah. That's the word I was thinking of. And it was for God, way man. longer than anywhere else in the world. It was it was a deviancy. It was a... Uh, what's that called? It was a a problem that you had. Oh, uh, a disability yeah, in a way. Or, yeah, in a way, yeah. So, to prosecute people who were charged with male-to-male sexual contact, the investigators, who were often KGB agents, would concoct evidence out of nowhere. They would just make it. Like they, they would just they would just say, Hey, uh, I'm pretty sure I saw Vlad making out with Vlad. With not Vlad that lives next door. Vlad and Vladimir. Vlad and Vladimir. And then, so that was their evidence. Was yeah, just, their hey, evidence was I, I saw, saw it. Then Sometimes there would be witnesses like, hey, I saw these two people holding hands sneaking around to a place that's known where people fuck. And <laughs> what? but a lot of times people would say, I don't want to prosecute. I don't want to send these two people who I've known my whole life to a hard labor camp where they will probably die. But if you didn't, uh, if you didn't uh, testify, first they would try to intimidate you course intimidation tactics threaten your family threaten you which is interesting because like that sounds like the kgb yeah it really does (laughs) it's really interesting we will take you and we will fucking hurt you if you don't tell us lies about what you actually didn't do yeah then if you as a witness did not testify it could land you in a forced labor camp what the fuck yeah so you know that's wonderful. They got more potatoes, man. More yeah, vodka. More, more potatoes, more they vodka. They got to fund their their parties with two lesbians in the middle somehow. Yeah. Sorry, not lesbians, two very straight women forward that thinking. happen yes. to yeah, forward-thinking women. My my mistake. So the KGB specifically on this topic would shut down organizers and protesting. They would shut down any kind of whisper of hey, maybe being gay is okay. No, mm, you go to the gulag. Oh, you're done. So, they would actively hunt wow. down people who would advocate, even just advocating for homosexual <laughs> Jesus rights. Christ, God. So the the worst thing I think that they did of the specific where my research took me. I mean, they I'm sure they've done way worse, but something that just stood out to me is Russia had some, you know. Education issues. They weren't necessarily the smartest in all the areas. It is a big place. It's hard to get information spread, especially during the Cold War era and World War II era. So they couldn't just like email one another, or shoot a text message, yeah, right? What? That's weird. That's gross. Ew. I wouldn't. I would just kill myself. <laughs> so honestly, I would just say that I was gay. Yeah, I would and just, just say get it. murdered. That sounds it's so much easier. Way easier. No, 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 not even say that I was. I would just say, hey, you know what sounds okay to me if someone decided to make out with a dude if they were a dude i wouldn't ever have to worry about living in russia again i, I would probably say something <laughs> or anywhere to you know what sounds good a big meaty cock <laughs> yeah but i'm sure that uh it translates differently in russian no, probably and they're like i would love a nice chicken breast not a chicken dick a chicken breast yeah chicken breast <laughs> yeah that's probably what it would translate to this yeah. is weird how dare you so they they were starting to get a venereal disease problem Ooh. during this kind of Cold War era, especially earlier on towards the uh, towards World War II. They were starting to get a lot of the clap, Uh-oh. and a lot of a lot of different venereal diseases. So they spread a sexual education pamphlet. Normally, that's you know a great thing for the government to do. Oh you no! You know, teach people prevention, teach people. It got bad, didn't it? Hey. Maybe you shouldn't be, you know, having sex with all the prostitutes, use a condom, you know, whatever. Well, I'm sorry so that they... the prostitutes are the lower their prices when I'm drunk, okay? Yeah. I'm sorry that I fall for it every time. Yeah, it's not Honestly, my fault. it's their fault. I'm a victim. How dare how dare those prostitutes do that and take yeah. advantage it of me? It only takes two shillings. <laughs> as a homophobic Russian. <laughs> God. So, they, uh, they specifically spread these pamphlets to young teenagers, you know, people... Just going through puberty. It was to educate the 
population on venereal diseases and safe sex. But it also had a very interesting subject <laughs> that I, I should have put down the quotes from it that I found, but basically it was a story about how you're going to run into the, to this person and he's going to be super nice and buy you nice things and candy and maybe some clothes and spend time with you. And he's just a really good friend. And, you know, he's usually a little bit older than you. And he's going to spend a lot of time with you. And then he's going to sodomize you because he's gay. Also because he's probably American. <laughs> Not quite, but yeah, it basically painted homosexual Wait, he's going to sodomize you because he's gay. So, yeah. so He will seduce you yeah. slowly over time, take advantage of you, and scheme. Oh, he's going to scheme? He's, he's going to be scheming? Yep, going to be scheming. He so, takes so, your money and has sex with you without your consent. He's definitely gay. Definitely. <laughs> oh, God, Jesus. So, yeah, basically painted homosexual people as scheming pedophiles who are dangerous. They'll lull you into this false sense of security and then just sodomize you. They're just just all of them. It wasn't yeah, even like, every hey, single as a one. dude, no, just females. It's like gay men just want anal. Like, just so you know, he you will are fuck your asshole. You are on the spot. Sodomy was illegal. Oh, my Of God. any sort. Because Guilty even gay as people... charged. <laughs> <laughs> even gay people would... Oh, God. Let me restart. They believed that homosexual people would just sodomize whatever, and sodomy was bad. <laughs> just, hey, you see that cat over there? I want to fuck that thing in the ass. Yeah. Yeah, they, they did. What the fuck? They, they thought, oh, he's a homosexual. And this is, He'll do this anything. This is from 1933 to 1993, correct? That that was that entire time frame? Uh, that was the, the law in place. It was much more extreme earlier oh, okay. on. By the time that law got lifted, it was already becoming more socially acceptable. I, f I feel like so much of history, when it boils down to like these fucked up situations, it's just such a refusal, and I mean it currently is too, a refusal to understand. Like, yeah. Not ignorance. They're not like, oh, well, partially, mm -hmm. but more so just arrogance. They don't know and they don't fucking want to know. Yeah, and they're not going to waste yeah. their time to know because like, they know better. I'm not going to find out whether this is okay or not. I'm not going to find. It's just like, what's It's, it's ridiculous. One of the worst things, one read of the worst a, things in the world fucking book, is somebody man. who's not willing to change their ideas, their ideology, or their beliefs based on cold hard evidence. Just so you know, uh, AJ's that same way and he won't let me choose any of my own. Uh, concept underwear. for shows. what huh? that too what? that one too huh? but i'm not allowed to eat, choose any shows i'm not allowed to use my voice or anything other than the show help i'm, I'm trapped in the hot box closet please call the police <laughs> that wasn't that was that was his who name. are you talking to <laughs> okay. you shut up he's back <laughs> you shut up <laughs> oh, oh but really it's it, it, it was horrible yeah. it was completely atrocious the way that they would spread this misinformation and disinformation specifically about homosexuality. <laughs> it was completely God. insane. Yeah, so that that, that kind of leads us into now you got the base of information. So the venereal diseases. I think I know where this is pointing. We're, uh, we are 30 minutes into this and I haven't even started on the main topic of discussion. Oh boy. So what we're going to do is we're going to have a short music interlude, little break, and in a couple of seconds we'll get back and I'm going to tell you about a little operation run by the KGB called Operation Infection. Oh. Don't go anywhere. All right, welcome back. We just left off on starting up 
a fun little KGB operation called Operation Infection. In reality, it was actually just called Operation Denver. Infection was a name that was given to it by some random dude who kind of spilled some of the beans about this. Also, we hope that you uh, enjoyed the Soviet music there. It's it's probably not going to be Soviet, but y- yeah. It will be. We'll see. <laughs> Add that in post. <laughs> so, this was an operation that was run by the KGB in the 80s to plant the idea that the U.S. had invented HIV and AIDS as a biological weapon uh, research project that had just gotten out of control to kind of make us look like idiots. So, you know, that, that seems to make sense. That would be a feasible project. Um, this was just as HIV and AIDS was kind of coming out. It was just being studied. People didn't know a lot about it. There was a lot of fear about it during this time period. So, the goals were to undermine the credibility of the U.S. military, isolate America uh, abroad, create tension in countries who have U.S. military bases in them. Which is... Essentially all of them. A lot of them, yes. A shitload of them. And then it was also used as a way to distract away from Russia's biological weapons research because they were kind of more fucked up than the U.S. At least the U.S. secretly developed certain things. (laughs) Russia was just like, yeah, we developed anthrax, uh, tularemia, the bubonic plague, cholera, botulism toxin. Enterotoxins and mycotoxins Jesus. all into biological weapons. Good God. At least when the U.S. did it, they just didn't tell anybody about it. <laughs> so Russia was like, oh, we got to get some distraction <laughs> away from like, this. Also, we're going to try to fly to the moon, but so that we can colonize it and use it as another Soviet, like, <laughs> epicenter to attack the world, and then we can still live on the moon. Yeah, perfect. And the U.S. is like, no, we're just going to go up there and... For fun. We're just going to make sure that we beat Soviet Russia. Yeah, yeah. Just a dick measuring contest. <laughs> yeah. It's no problem. And oh. Soviet's like, our dick is definitely bigger and we will shoot you with it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, uh, Russia also, if you're bored, write this down and Google the Yellow Rain incident. Won't give you a whole bunch of information on it, but it's something I stumbled across. <laughs> it's not piss related. <laughs> I just imagine some really shitty Russian-made porn site. <laughs> just golden showers, but it says oh, God, but it's yellow Russian. rain. No, it was actually a biological weapon attack, potentially. Okay. Pot- allegedly. Allegedly. Not sure. Basically, this part of the world, I don't even remember where it was, but there was this yellow substance that came from the sky, like rain, and it covered everything, and a lot of people got really, really sick. And it seems like a lot of people think it was just a whole shitload of bee pollen, which doesn't make any fucking sense, <laughs> and that it was just mass hysteria, but that seems like a disinformation huh. yeah. uh, campaign because sounds like something that there were a bunch of weird symptoms. People Soviet would get Russia sick. would say, yeah. oh, yeah, nah, I don't know what that yeah, is. It's pollen, duh. You yeah. guys have bees. It's obviously pollen, and you guys are all allergic to bees. Yeah. <laughs> you, yeah, yeah, you're, you're hitting the nail on the head there. So that's something of fun. So Google it, Wikipedia. Yellow Rain incident. Hopefully you don't find a, a Russian uh, porno website. <laughs> yeah, just be careful. Don't search uh, images. Yeah, that's, do that's not image search. Don't search do images. Do not. <laughs> so, how do you create a disinformation campaign if everybody knows you're Soviet Russian probably going to create a disinformation campaign? You start in a small newspaper in India called Patriot. This is the second thumbtack. Yep, this is it. (laughs) This article. It was a pro-Soviet newspaper in, uh, let's see, 1983. It was actually set up by the KGB in the 60s solely for the purposes of disinformation. In India. In India. So the KGB went into India, set up a company, a newspaper (laughs) company that would run just like a regular newspaper, but they would have people high up throughout you know the past 20 30 years who were just waiting for if a kgb agent comes in and says you have to run this story they run the story they'd run it huh but otherwise but it they was were like just a normal newspaper normal newspaper up to that point huh. uh, other otherwise or other than just leaning more pro-soviet yeah so they ran this story that they had received a letter from a well-known american scientist and anthropologist John Joseph. He was anonymous. (laughs) Yeah, 
John Johnson. John Johnson. So he claimed that AIDS was manufactured in Fort Detrick in Maryland by genetic engineers. He claimed that deadly mysterious disease was believed to be the result of the Pentagon's experiments to develop new and dangerous biological weapons. He also implicated the CDC because during this time period, uh, the CDC was sending scientists to uh, way off the path locations in Africa and Latin America and the rainforest to find dangerous viruses that were unknown to the rest of the world. Oh. They were oh. basically trying to be proactive about the fact that... Catch ones ahead before yeah, they started to spread. If there's this horribly dangerous virus, but it's only in this part <laughs> of the Amazon forest, and then suddenly a white dude walks through there and spreads it to the rest of New York, suddenly people are going to start dropping dead. That was an impressive accent, by You know it. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> it was Russian. How'd that work? <laughs> New York. <laughs> Nyak. So he, yeah. Basically, they were doing this during this time period to try to create vaccines for diseases that we didn't even know were an issue yet. Hmm. Makes sense in theory. Like, pff, cool. I was going to say, yeah. But he... until you Until you catch something that doesn't have any signs or symptoms and doesn't show in your blood for like... I don't know, six months to a year. Are you talking about hepatitis? Maybe. And then you bring it back <laughs> and spread it. So, basically he said, oh, they were actually being sent to get these viruses to weaponize them. Oh, God. He claimed that they found a virus that they took to Atlanta, and then they sent it to the fort. They, they like, analyzed it in Atlanta, sent it to Maryland, and then they claimed that the Pentagon was still researching AIDS in Pakistan and a couple areas in the world. And that they were, it was basically, Pakistan was close enough to India that that made That's this news story more local. Oh, okay. So they could actually title the article, AIDS May Invade India. Oh, so, so it was very clickbaity. Yeah. Yeah, and then... Uh, it was. It was very... What what would you call that? Page baity? I don't pa- new newspaper baity. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Whatever they were, they were they were masters at it. Buzzwords. Master baity. Crabster baity. Crabs. So <laughs> after that, basically there was nothing. There was nothing else. No more news stories really. There were a couple that covered the story in the local area mm-hmm. who would reference the story. Were those now? Were the ones that were referencing the story also KGB? No. Or because now it was in a quote-unquote reputable newspaper. It was just local. They were local like, oh, shit. articles. It wasn't Read anything this. huge. Check it out. Okay. Nothing huge. Two years later, the KGB like they've been completely radio silent on this project. Yeah. Till two years later, where they sent a telegram to Bulgaria, where they had their own kind of version of the KGB, and Bulgaria was basically a puppet. To the Soviets. So the telegram itself said, We are conducting a series of active measures in connection with the appearance in recent years in the USA of a new and dangerous disease, acquired immune deficiency syndrome, AIDS, and its subsequent large scale spread to other countries, including those in Western Europe. The goals of these measures is to create a favorable opinion for us abroad that this disease is the result of secret experiments with a new type of biological weapon by the secret services of the USA and the Pentagram Pentagram that spun out of control. So basically they were saying, hey, let's go. We're going to start kind of pushing this thing into motion. These are our goals. So later on in the telegram, it was a really long one, so I just figured I'd do the first part. But further on in it, it specifically mentioned the previous article from The Patriot. By the way, this is the third thumbtack if you're following along at home. Okay. <laughs> if you're if you're also doing the build your own conspiracy theory, <laughs> if you purchase that kit from us, this will be thumbtack number three. This isn't a conspiracy theory. This is all true, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but definitely feels like one. So there the other information that they like cited as hey, you should this is evidence that it's from the United States, is that they claimed that the U.S. at this time was looking into it too much, looking at the disease too much, when in reality, they probably weren't looking into it well enough with, and or enough with what we know about it now. But when this was still fresh, the U.S. government was really like, we got to get a handle on this. Yeah. It was a huge 
epidemic. I don't know if that's the right because word, but it was, it was a huge to spread issue. spread so quickly. It, and we didn't know about it. We oh, didn't have any information on the it. The rest we didn't of know the treatments. world knew the U.S. was like, what the fuck is going on? No, the rest of the world didn't know either. Oh, I see. Nobody knew. And that's why the U.S. was like, shit, are we all going to die? Yeah, I see like, what you're saying. So they said that because the U.S. was so interested in it, you can use that okay. to convince people I that see. they made it. And that the geographical spread of the disease was evidence that it was a U.S. project out of control. Like how it spread uh, geographically, which we'll so, go into that later. So the Soviet Union and Bulgaria were essentially like the two most popular gossips in a high school. <laughs> she was like... If we tell everyone that Joe has AIDS, no one will want Joe, and they'll hate him. It was more like the popular girl chose a really unpopular girl and said, <laughs> hey, go tell everybody that Joe has AIDS, <laughs> and then you can be my best friend. Oh, that, okay. That's more oh, what it okay. was like. So, <laughs> Telegram get out, or the gets Joe, out. The Joe is creating AIDS. <laughs> Yeah, Joe is, has created AIDS. So, finally, more stuff happened. A Soviet newspaper published an article with the fun title of Panic in the West, or What is Hiding Behind the Sensation Surrounding AIDS. Super another, fun. Another clickbait article. Yeah, exactly. So they, they cited the earlier article from India as, hey... India isn't Soviet, but we're citing a non-Soviet source as a Soviet newspaper, so now it's more reputable rather than just the, oh, obviously this is from the same group of people just regurgitating the same information. Huh. So that was their their idea. They cited that earlier article, and then they gave more details on the expeditions to like the rainforest and parts of Africa, <laughs> details that were all made up. They stated that the U.S. initially tested HIV in Haiti, which had a huge, like, it was bad in the United States. It was bad everywhere. It was worse in Haiti. Like, yeah. it was so, it was so debilitating in Haiti. And that the U.S. had basically studied the effects of this virus that they created on their own marginalized people. So, uh, homeless people, drug addicts, and homosexuals. So their theory was, oh, they're testing on, on these people because they're members of society that nobody wants around. So they're expendable. <laughs> yeah. When in reality, now that we know what it is, obviously these three groups are at a higher risk for HIV or hepatitis. So, you know, they're, during the time, this made a lot more sense. And what year, what year was all this going on? This was, I believe this was two years after the initial article. So that would have been 1985. Okay, which it's rough because if if you think back to the IRBs that we talked about a couple episodes mm -hmm. ago, people knew about the sneaky testing that the U.S. government was doing with syphilis, with with I mean, uh, a lot of venereal yeah, diseases, yeah. chlamydia, and um, so tuberculosis. I don't like to say it, but fucking props, it's plausible. Props to the. This to Soviet Russia, because if you're going to run a smear campaign, you did it in the right fucking way yeah. to the right fucking people that were already doing conniving, dirty shit. Exactly. It, it made a lot of sense. Yeah. So the, this article hit the big time. It went viral. Oh, old shit. style. So it, it was male. <laughs> yeah. It, re, it was actually reprinted in Kuwait, Bahrain, Finland, Sweden. Peru, and a whole bunch of other smaller countries. Jesus. It was huge. Uh, in fact, let me see. So East Germany, we kind of spoke about East and West Germany a little bit. So the East Germany State Security Service was kind of like their, you know, it's a security service, mm -hmm. similar to KGB, CIA, things like that. Uh, they're Stasi. Stasi? Stasi? I'm going to say Stasi. Stasi. Is what, they're, what they kind of <laughs> went by. And they were involved in this misinformation campaign in a big way because they had a geographically close connection to West Germany, which was no, kind were, of being in they control. They were the, essentially East Germany's CIA yeah. in a way, correct? Yeah. Okay. But they were a direct puppet to the Soviet Union. Yeah. They directly. were working direct. They were Bulgaria's older, cooler brother. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> sure. 
So because they were so close to West Germany, they could more easily work on some of these disinformation campaigns. Feed that information into West yeah. Germany, just over the Berlin Wall. So after the Berlin Wall and after East Germany collapsed, essentially, 90% of their documents were destroyed. Ah, so we do not... They cleaned up better than the idea. KGB did. Really? Yeah. So they, like, they played a central role in the operation, but we don't know much about it. Wow. Props to them. That is... Yeah. That takes some serious coordination. They knew their shit. So what we do know is that they had a draft plan. We have that. Mm -hmm. But that's almost it. So their Operation Denver had the goal of exposing the dangers to mankind arising from the research, production, and use of biological weapons, and also in order to strengthen anti-American sentiments in the world and to spark domestic political controversies in the USA, the German Dem Democratic Republic side will deliver a scientific study and other materials that prove that AIDS originated in the USA, not in Africa, and that AIDS is a product of the USA's bioweapons research. Wow. So that damn. was their job. Yeah. They, they had were... to come up with a scientific research wow. proving the disinformation. And did they? They did. Oh, my So that was God. the fourth or fifth pin. This next thing's the sixth, and it's a really big one. It's got a circle around it. This is a big old fucking... There are like six pins on number six. Yeah. It's an arrow pointing <laughs> to a picture of this dude. So we got this scientist named Jacob Segal and his wife, Dr. Lily Segal. He was a... Who he was is kind of convoluted, deserves its own board, but he was a Soviet East German biologist... We'll go into his background a little bit more, but that's the first thing to kind of unpack. So obviously he has some connections yeah, because he's an East German biologist who's also known communist and Soviet. Jesus. So he came out with a scientific study called AIDS, its nature and origin. He worked with his wife, who was a doctor, to basically put this out. And the study was distributed at a summit meeting of the non-aligned movement in August or September of 1986, in a brochure entitled AIDS, USA Homemade Evil, Not Out of Africa. So very pointed. Oh God. So the report was quoted heavily by Soviet propagandists, and the Seagals were often said to be French researchers to hide their connections to communism. So not only are they Soviet East German communist biologists, Stussy. but they're also <laughs> French. Oh my God. To hide those connections. Under, gets worse. under a different alias? Let or? me tell you about the Seagals. So, the Seagals were Jewish during World War II. Then they were a member, or they were also a member of the German Communist Party during World War II. Jesus. Which, you don't, like, both of those will get you killed in Nazi Germany, <laughs> yeah. where they were living. So they fled into exile into France in 1933. Then they attained Soviet citizenship in 1940. Because Jacob was actually born in Lithuania. Hmm. And then, after 1953, they returned to Germany. Specifically, East Berlin. So, <laughs> Lithuanian just, just Jewish avoiding. communists who lived in France so that they could tell people, oh, I'm a French researcher, but were actually East German Soviet scientists. Good lord. So... That one's got more pins than this one. Oh, uh, yeah. So... Obviously, that's a great that's a great cover because you can just say, "Hey, I'm French. I'm not affiliated with communism or the Soviets in any way." And I I came up with a study that proves what they're saying. Jeez. So let me tell you about that that report. Oh, it's it's a mess. But basically, Segal's hypothesis was he he even mentions in the report that his hypothesis was based purely on assumptions, extrapolations, and hearsay, and not at all on direct evidence. Wow. It says that in the study, but people just leave that part out. Yeah, it was it was terribly fine print. Yeah, and the the connection between the Stasi, the KGB, and the Seagals, not one hundred percent clear because there was a lot of information that was destroyed, but they definitely worked together. And I feel like they would have ensured that there wasn't a large connection, just so that it didn't sound like all of this information was coming from the Soviet Union. Exactly. So basically, this report said, oh, God, there, this report really was garbage. It was huge. It was spread to over 80 countries. It was translated into 30 languages. Most of them were communist-leading countries, 
but that's still a lot of coverage. That's even more than the first, um, you know, the first article. So I realized my notes are out of order, and I just kind of continued without actually telling you what's in the study. So in the study, it was basically what's been covered before. The U.S. created AIDS. It They were testing it on their own people in, in Haiti. Then they were also testing it on people in Africa. That's why it appeared at the same time in the U.S. Oh, and Africa. I see. Because during this time period, they were actually testing like cholera vaccines. Not testing. They were rolling out cholera vaccines to people in Africa to and try to help them. When they caught it. And... This article claimed that they were purposely infecting people with AIDS under the guise of giving them a vaccine. So they are severely damaging impoverished areas of yeah, Africa. Really, though, especially not being able to get these care. It's essentially a humanitarian aid thing that yeah. the U.S. is trying to do, but Soviet, the Soviet Union is just doing their doing their damnedest to to taint the name of the U.S. trying yeah. to make those efforts. Exactly. And in the same you know, section of that policy, they were also saying that the CIA was sending AIDS-oiled condoms to <laughs> Africa. Uh, so that actually caused a lot of research and humanitarian aid projects to be shut down Jesus. in Africa. And that that's, you know, they needed the help. That's why they were down there. They're like, and they just scared these people into not receiving the aid that they so desperately oh needed. God. The AIDS they so the desperately AIDS needed. The AIDS they so desperately needed. Yeah, so it basically shut down a whole bunch of different vaccines that they were studying at the time and things that were successful, they just couldn't get access to after those were were shut down. So it was a really common disinformation method that the Soviets used over and over and over again. It was basically you'd get propaganda and disinformation to appear first in a country outside of the USSR, then the Soviet news cycle will pick up that information, citing this other non-affiliated, unknowingly to everybody else in the world, and citing other investigative journalists who were mostly Soviet-backed, but it wasn't known, and then they would run that news cycle and get it everywhere. I see. So that, that's how they did it for the most part, for most of their disinformation campaigns, because it worked. It worked great. Well, it seems like it. Obviously, it was terribly successful. Yeah, it, it was... at least that one. I got stats coming oh, up. Oh, okay. It, it works so well that it, there's still an impact today. Jeez. Good Lord. So, ironically, you remember that venereal disease issue that's, that Russia was having? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that included AIDS. <laughs> oh, shit. So... So, Russia was having AIDS... Having problems AIDS problems during this, to, prior we, and during this. So that venereal disease problem was going on long before, or it was shortly before that? It, and then Russia was, was like, the, I know what we can do. We can blame the Americans. That's pretty much what they did. It, it showed up about the same time, a little bit after wow. it appeared in Africa and the U.S., um, but it was the same time period. Jesus. So they were having, they were starting to have an issue. Because them, just like everybody else, didn't know jack shit about it. Yeah. It was a, you know, still is a scary disease. We still don't have a lot of information on it. Well, so I don't know if you go over this uh, down the line, but some of the work that they've currently been doing with AIDS. So uh, they found not not necessarily a vaccine, but a way of keeping people from spreading it. Oh, um, uh, yeah, I think I've heard about that. Yeah, so you get, I don't know if it's a pill or a shot. I haven't looked too much Is into that prep? it. prep? Oh, I'm not sure. I, I don't know a ton about it other than the fact that they found out that if you're doing whatever treatment this is, it stops spreading it sexually. The biggest thing that I'm like, oh, my God. Imagine being the first person that's like, I don't have HIV or AIDS. However... I'm putting it on the line to test oh. to see if this fucking medication a works. Legend. Yeah. Props to that guy, because I mean they wouldn't have found out otherwise. Yeah. But well, I mean, I'm sure they had yeah. ways of finding out, but somebody had to fuck somebody yeah, else. Somebody had to, to prove that it actually worked. Oh god. And that is fucking That's horrifying. Terrifying. <laughs> yeah. Like 
just so nervous the whole time. It would be like my first time. For the time. next couple of yeah. years. Yeah, for my first time right yeah, there. Just... I was nervous for the next couple of years. Still yeah. am. Still, Still nervous definitely. about my first time. <laughs> that, that's fair. <laughs> it, it was horrific your first time. Yes, so, it was. Uh, wait, it was also my you know? first time. How do you know? Wait, what? Huh? Wait, what? Who? What is this? What is this mask? What the f- <laughs> <laughs> It was me. <laughs> All along. So ironically, the Soviet scientists were trying to get the U.S. scientists help hmm. because they were having their own issues with it <laughs> while they like, were running this we disinformation We know that, campaign. well, we're saying that you did this, but we're going to help you fix it. Well, at that point, they didn't know if the Americans knew it was them, which obviously they did because it was, <laughs> it was pretty obvious if nowadays, like, yeah. you could tell. The U.S. actually refused to send any kind of help, any research, share any information, <laughs> Until they ended the disinformation campaign. So they were called out. And oh wow! out of nowhere, soon after, both Soviet and U.S. virologists basically dismissed the study as garbage, which it was. All the articles as nonsense. But the damage was already done. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people were saying, no, this is garbage. What are you guys talking about? Newspapers started to put out apologies or retractions or redactions as well. Retractions or redactions. Jeez. And everything was disproven. They actually found antibodies in people uh, for the HIV virus before the research was claimed to have began. So it had yeah. been around longer. Yeah. So than... they tracked down. They fact checked the fake news. Yeah, exactly. They actually fact checked it. It was also imp- impossible during the time period to create such a complex virus. They could barely clone the simplest viruses around. It was unheard of huh. to do something as complex as the HIV virus. Uh, they couldn't even clone it. I was going to say, I feel like creating something that yeah. we don't have a cure for would be terribly hard yeah, to do. Yeah, you'd think that would be kind of stupid of um, them. Yeah. Cre- it's like creating a poison but no antidote. Yeah, but at the same time. <laughs> and then testing I mean, it. I'm, I'm no virology expert, oh. but it seems like it would be easier to create something that you have the cure to. You would think, especially if you were testing it on your own population in an uncontrolled environment. Like in the United States. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, sorry. On the homeless Sorry, I was misinformed. I was just reading clickbait articles. (laughs) Of course. So, it also turned out that the geographic reports were completely inaccurate. Like they said, oh, it first showed up in this city, then it went to this next closest city, and it was way off. Yeah, the timeline uh, was First showed showed up in Atlanta, and then it showed up in New York, and New York is the closest city. It basically showed that the people who wrote the article had no no bearing on U.S. geography and city locations. <laughs> it started in Quebec yeah. and then moved down to Mexico City, United States. Exactly. They were just And right next door, crazy. New York City picked it up. <laughs> and, of course, immediately, the Soviet Union officially disowned the story, saying, no, no, we never believed that. We had no part in oh this. It was basically God. to distance themselves from the misinformation, <laughs> which is just just wonderful. So, you know, they officially went back on it, and there were all these redactions just to basically get help because they realized, oh, shit, this is a problem for us, too. So here's some stats. All right. And this is probably the craziest part, I think, of this whole crazy story. But essentially, in 1992, there was a study that went out. And 15% of Americans considered it definitely or probably true that the AIDS virus was created deliberately in a government laboratory. And this was 92? 1992. Wow. So a couple years, 20 or 10 years after this, almost just under 10 years after the campaign was done, they thought they still believed it. Even with all the redactions, you'd think being that close to the story... Being that close to the redactions. Now it's 15%. It makes sense. 15%. So 15% of Americans of are just Americans. sleeper KGB yes. agents. Yes, yes, exactly. You got you got it. I was <laughs> I was gonna do that later, but yeah. So in 2005, we get some more recent data. Oh no. The Rand Corporation and Oregon State University revealed that nearly 50% of African Americans in the world thought AIDS was man-made. Over- so not African Americans, just no, hold on. No, this was in the United States. Oh, just in the U.S. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, well, technically they're not I mean, all African Americans. Uh, yeah, no. Everything gets jumbled. It's late here no in worries. the 
hot box studio. The hot box studio. So, over 50% of African Americans thought AIDS was man-made. Over 25% believed AIDS was a product of the government laboratory. 12% believed that it was created and spread by the CIA. And 15% believed that AIDS was a form of genocide against black people. Oh my god, dude. And I'm like, that's crazy. It's it's crazy, but it's rough at the same time. It's rough. Like, considering how prevalent it is in in Haiti and and the history of the United States and their medical testing I can see I yeah, can understand I can totally it. understand like, why why I, they would think that especially considering there is a huge discontent between African Americans and the US government simply because of the absolute mistreatment I mean we talked about eugenics, it eugenics yeah the like the Tuskegee experiment. Yeah, it's horrible. So I don't blame them. I don't blame them. At the same time, it's just like holy. It's yeah. At the same time, crazy. The Soviet Union even said no. This was fake. Man, so crazy. I believe it. So I think the U.S. did it. This is even after. <laughs> this was. Uh, let me see. After the first study, uh, 1992, the KGB director admitted that the KGB was behind the articles. And the and Stasi's role was revealed specifically by a KGB defector named Vasily Mitrokhin. Mitrokhin. So that guy, real quick, that guy, that KGB defector was one of the most influential defectors. Oh, okay. That ever came to the United States, specifically because he worked as a KGB agent in an office in Russia. He was over the archive of the building. So he got hired on, he was doing his work, running the archive, making sure everything was secure. Then they realized, oh, we need a bigger building. So they built a new building, and then they needed to basically transfer that archive into the new building. But to do that, it had to be 100% controlled, documented. It was a really big deal. I think it ended up taking 12 years to transfer the entire archive. Oh, wow. Because they would take every single article and paper and information out, document it, Oh, wow. And then transport it. So what he did is, because he was running the entire program, he would look at every single box, and he took extremely detailed copies and notes of all of the information in that archive. Oh, my Lord. And over those 12 years, stashed it beneath the floorboards of his house. (laughs) And he, he ended up defecting to, I can't remember exactly, but it was to an allied nation, and they said, no, you're full of shit. You're not worth it. He went to another one, and they said, "Ah, oh, no, you're full of shit. We don't believe you." He then just shows he... up with a with a fucking bulletin board. And he's like, "This, this is happening. Yeah. This is going on." And they're like, "Dude, this guy's fucking crazy." So they he finally went to a British embassy. Another young agent, smart dude, turns out said, "I'm gonna risk. I'm gonna risk a bit on you, and this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna stay in this embassy." We're going to get a team of agents into your house to rip up your floorboards. If those papers are there, feel free. Come on over. So they did. They sent a team in, tore it up, and they got a shitload of information. (laughs) They should have done it in East Germany. Should have done it in East East Germany. Wow. Oh, it feels so nice to get that off my chest, though. Holy (laughs) shit. If I, I swear to God, if your door starts, like somebody starts banging on the (laughs) door, (laughs) boom, boom, boom. They'll know. That is rough, man. That's yeah. crazy shit. Good old Soviet Russia, man. Yeah, they they would spread disinformation that they knew kind of made sense. Like they wouldn't do anything that it was really good. Wouldn't too. really make sense. Terribly, I mean, I don't like saying "well done" on being fucking assholes, but they did a great job of yeah. it of being sneaky and they were patient too. Yeah. Yeah, man. They were extremely patient on this. It took years to get this going. Then all of a sudden, it just took off like nothing. Some That's crazy shit. How it works. Props to him. Good old Soviet Union. Good communists. old Soviet Union. All right, guys. would like to say uh, we don't hate homosexuality, AIDS, or Russia. Well, our, not only do our lawyers want to say that, we also want well, to say yeah, that. Well, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, God. And if you if you like communism... We we also won't judge you. Prob- like, have at it. Yeah, okay. do whatever. No, we will call you a commie. Fuck you. Well, yeah, that's fine. I won't say fuck you. I'll say comrade. <laughs> comrade. Oh, God. <laughs> but after this, I need, like, I need a cigar and some whiskey. <laughs> and I need to take sleeping medicine and just fall asleep for 24 hours. 
He's it's off oh. his chest. All right, guys. Well, uh, hit us up on Twitter at points o pressure. Tag uh, us in some uh, communist memes. Yeah, tag us in communist memes. Send us memes. Uh, also, if you're interested in some type of uh, if if you want to hear us talk about something or you'd like us to research something, by all means, send us an article. We will happily look into it. Uh, we'd love your feedback. So, yeah, let us know. But hit us up and keep stimulating those peepees. That's for sure, man. Oh, uh, that's all I have. <laughs> See you guys. See you.